0: Welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, America's premier barbecue radio show. Join your host, two-time world champion Andy Groneman and friends as they sink their teeth into the finest grilling, smoking, and barbecue from coast to coast with the industry's leading pitmasters. Stay tuned for great tips, techniques, and products that will enhance your backyard experience by being a part of the Barbecue Radio Network.
1: Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, where we bring barbecue's best to your backyard with tips and tricks from the legends and the leaders in the barbecue world. I'm your host, Andy Groneman, along with executive producer T-Bone, and my co-host this week, a 20-time grand champion pit master of Fergalicious Barbecue. You've seen him on Food Network, Richard Fergola. What is up? So, spring has sprung, and we have the perfect guest today to help us maximize that fact. David Gafford is the owner of the Barbecue Lab, and he is fresh off a visit to the HPBA Expo. Uh, For those of you that don't know, HPBA stands for Hearth, Patio, and Barbecue Association. They are probably the largest trade organization around anything that has to do with... Outdoor living and barbecue in the country. So they held their expo in Louisville this year. He was there, and he is going to bring us all of the top products so that we can share them with you. We'll talk a little bit more about HPBA and that uh, as their premier showcase uh, when we get to that segment. But check out his website. It is thebarbecuelab.com, and that's the b a r b e c u e lab.com. And head on over to YouTube and subscribe to their channel, The Barbecue Lab. You'll see they've got 175 videos over there with how-tos and product reviews. And you can find David and The Barbecue Lab all across social media on Instagram uh, at, at Barbecue Labs or on Facebook at Facebook slash Barbecue Lab. And in our fourth segment, we're going to head on over to the competition corner again with Fergie. We're going to talk about operating as a team versus a single pit master. So there is lots of stuff to cover on that topic. I'm anxious to see where that goes. Uh, And kind of speaking of what goes on in the world of Fergalicious Barbecue, what's coming up uh, in the the future here, Fergie?
2: Where do I begin? Uh, Well, we've got a class coming up at Proud Souls Kansas City, um, April 15th. Uh, that's tax day, right? Tax day is April fifteenth. It uh, used to be. I don't know oh, if it is, it is anymore. Now? Okay. Uh, <laughs> me and and uh, uh, Sterling Smith, otherwise known as Smitty from Luton Booty Barbecue. Uh, so we got the two of us doing a, a an all beef backyard class. We're doing cowboy ribeyes, tri tip, beef short ribs. He's going to roll a little banana or a little uh, bread pudding, and I'm going to roll some chocolate chip and bacon cookies. Yeah,
1: I saw that there were some desserts rolled in there. That's going
2: to be awesome. And you can register for that at FergaliciousBBQ.com. Awesome.
1: So, the other thing that's been kind of interesting this week is you know, a few weeks back we had Stretch on, and he was just launching his new single, Flavor Town. (laughs) And uh, that sucker is hitting the charts
2: yeah i was just scrolling through my phone it's like number three on the charts right now it's a great song um with black oxygen and uh the the video is even cooler it was shot in downtown kansas city uh, he did a call out for extras and people to come be on it. Um, and yeah, got, they shot
1: it at the Uptown Theater. Uptown right?
2: Theater, yep. And he's he's got his two kids on stage with him singing, and and Stretch kills it. It's it's an awesome video. It's fun. Um, one thing that I never thought I would ever hear is songs about barbecue and cooking, and he has a whole album of it. So I'm really anxious to listen to the rest of the album. But the song Flavor Town is pretty awesome. But yeah, so he dropped
1: that on the media based charts. It's number three. Smr, it's number three. Go out there and let's get it up to number one. Go out to YouTube, check out the video. If you go to Stretch's uh, channel on YouTube, it is right there. It says Flavortown featuring Black Oxygen, the official music video. So check that out and, uh, and go ahead and uh, give that a listen and get ready for the album because it's going to be great. So... Let's go ahead and roll into our Ask Andy segment, uh, which is brought to you this month by by Plowboys Barbecue Hothead Barbecue Sauce, which you can get, of course, at all things barbecue. So just head on over to atbbq.com, search Hothead and Plowboys, and off you go. So normally, at this point, I would tell you that uh, you would get a Barbecue Radio Network t-shirt if you've supplied a question for us, but T-Bone has an even better incentive. T-Bone,
3: what do you have for us? I've got an autographed copy. Of Stephen Reichland's The Barbecue Bible, which is celebrating 25 years of being the best-selling barbecue book in the world. Millions
1: of copies. I think it's yes. over 6 million copies yep. in print. So, pretty
3: amazing experience. Well, what question do you have for us, T-Bone? Okay, James Ramsey from Sebring, Florida, asks this. Yes, sir. I, I think he's doing a Seinfeld routine. What is going on with temperature stalls in the cooker? Can it be avoided? What do you do when it happens? I had three inappropriate things pop into my head as soon as you... So, so now you have to reread the question. You totally got me flustered over here, T-Bone. What is going on with temperature stalls in the cooker? Can it be avoided? What do you do when it happens? All right. So, and and we'll get... Uh, Fergie's input on this
1: for a a water pit like a mixin' that he cooks on. But my first question would be, what kind of pit are you cooking on? Because the answer, as always, depends. Uh, If you are cooking in a dry environment and you're getting spikes or you're getting stalls, uh, it's usually not necessarily the pit itself. It could be the meat. So if I'm cooking a brisket, for example, and I get a stall... It's probably because my brisket is hitting the point where that fat is starting to melt and render, and that is absorbing energy. So instead of the temperature going up, the brisket itself is using that energy to liquefy that fat and moisturize those meat fibers, and so your temperature stops rising. So the energy's working on something else right now. Correct. And then once you get through that stall, once it pushes through and everything's nice and liquefied and you're back to breaking down the meat fibers, your temperature starts to increase again. That's kind of the normal thing that I would say. But when you cook in a water pit, you have that additional steam and other stuff in the cooker that can create some other obstacles there with a stall. So I, give me some input on that, Fergie, because I know you cook on a mixin' so...
2: Yeah, I I'll be honest with you, ever since I switched to a water cooker, I don't I don't experience that. Um it, when I was running off traditional offsets or thing or things like that, I I that that would happen. I'd have a stall. i I'd, I'd never really I get asked that question a lot, especially in my comp classes, is what do you do in the stall or what temperature do you wrap at, which is typically when that stall is happening, that so called stall. I don't uh I don't experience that. You know, the the moisture in the air in in my cooker, um, it just keeps everything flowing. And it, I think that's another reason why it's such a quality pit is I I think it just rolls. You know what I mean? It just rolls and I have no issues. Um, and if there is such thing as a stall or where it hesitates, um, you just, you just wait it out, you know, push through it and it'll come through. But, um, I, I, I'm a tough one to ask that just because I don't experience that issue.
1: And I think the more moisture that you have in the pit, the less likely you are to experience that because you are evening that out uh, and you've got that going on. You know, when we were talking with Chris, you know, he said he doesn't even wrap because he just lets that cooker push through the stall. He keeps his bark set and really wrapping is just creating a micro environment where you're adding the moisture in. Correct. So in in that pit that you've got, you don't have to do that. If you're wrapping and braising, putting any kind of liquid in there at all, You're essentially creating that moist environment to cook in and finish and help get through the stall.
2: Right. And my whole smoker is that environment.
1: Yeah. So... Thank you for the question, uh, James Ramsey from Sebring, Florida. We will get you a T-shirt, and we'll get you that 25th anniversary barbecue Bible
3: headed your way. Fergie kind of reminded me there of uh, the old Garrett Morris routine on Saturday Night Live. You know, barbecue been very, very good to me. <laughs> Stall? <laughs> I do not know. Yeah, that's
1: right. But, you know, it's uh, it's just interesting to think about that. So I cook on pellet cookers, which are forced draft and have you know, two fans running in them. So you can dry that air out a little bit. Pellets have moisture in them. All wood fuel sources have moisture. So whether you're cooking with charcoal or stickwood or pellets, um, you're adding moisture to the chamber. But how much air you move through the chamber and all of that plays into it. Um, I don't really find a need to do any kind of Of uh, spritzing or anything but I also rap so great question and uh, coming up next segment we are going to be talking with David Gafford he is the owner of Barbecue Lab he is constantly testing and reviewing anything new in the world of barbecue and outdoor living check out his website at thebarbecuelab.com as well as his YouTube channel the Barbecue Lab coming up next David Gafford right here on Barbecue Radio Network You have a better recipe for when you grill. Better ingredients, better cuts of meat, and because you're using a grill from Holstein Manufacturing, well, a better grill. You take grilling seriously, and at Holstein Manufacturing, we make a serious grill. Find your new grill now at HolsteinMFG.com. We
3: build a grill. Holstein Manufacturing.
1: Holstein Manufacturing. We build a grill. Welcome back to the award-winning Barbecue Radio Network. I'm Andy Groneman, along with T-Bone, our executive producer, and my co-host, KCBS World Invitational winner, Richard Fergola. And we have a new guest this week, and you're going to want to pay attention today. David Gafford has 20 years in the pits honing his techniques and product knowledge, and in 2018 started the Barbecue Lab. It quickly grew to a following, uh, and you can get amazing product reviews, detailed technique videos, recipes, and more, head on over to the lab.com, and that's B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E lab.com, and subscribe and stay up to date on all of the latest products and innovation in barbecue and outdoor living. So how did you get into... Uh, you know, this idea of being out there and staying on the front of the products and testing and doing all of that and coming up with the barbecue lab. Give me a little history.
4: I grew up in a family that really didn't have much barbecue. I mean, we grilled out occasionally, but as I got married and kind of got out on my own, I really wanted to get into this thing called barbecue. But I bought a house. There was a, an offset smoker in the backyard. They said, you can keep it if you want. And I thought, oh, man, I am in. And then for the next couple of years, I just made terrible barbecue <laughs> and I just didn't get it. And I was so frustrated. And it turns out that I had a really low end offset smoker that just wouldn't hold the heat. And I wished I had someone to help me understand that and be more successful with my gear. And so that's why we started the barbecue lab. I finally got to the point where, you know, after 10, 15 years, I thought, man, I've got a lot to share and give back. Yeah, I think you and need that's to have, how we started it up.
2: I think you need to have Aaron Franklin come to your house. <laughs> He'll tell You, you know, to, I think so. He'll tell you how to run that offset pit. <laughs>
4: I'll tell you, man, that, that first one that I had, we gave that thing away to a friend and then he, he fought with it for the next couple of years. And I don't think it's in service anymore. Let's just say that.
1: <laughs> well, that's, you know, what's interesting about that is we, we spend probably a third of almost every show. It all ends up coming back to airflow and being able to run a fire and manage your pit. So it, it's so funny to hear you say that because that really is what gets so many people started into it. And, and, you know, Ferg mentioned Aaron, he's like, yeah, the first brisket I cooked sucked. And it was the (laughs) same, it was the same idea. It's like you get, you get out there and you do it and you think you're doing it the right way. And you've got this sooty smoke and your fires all over the place. And it really does make a difference. So, you know, that's, that is exciting to see, uh, that you've been able to kind of take that and then apply that to a a way that we can share that information with the listeners that's great so you know you had an extensive list of stuff coming out of the HPBA expo and there's some things I definitely wanted to cover but could you explain to to our listeners what that expo is like i mentioned in the in the first segment that you know that is is kind of the industry expo for anything mm-hmm. that is hearth patio and barbecue but could you explain what is what it's really like being there, feet on the ground what you see and
4: yeah i mean i love going to the hearth patio and barbecue expo there's probably about 250 or so vendors that are out there there's a live fire area where they're firing up fire pits and the grills and they're cooking samples and really, it's just a place where we in the industry get to see what's new and what's coming around and get our hands on it so we can help educate people about it. Now, a lot of the vendors are there to be able to try to find you know, local stores to be able to sell them. But I love that we get to go to be able to get our hands on to help educate the public on this is something to look out for that's coming down the pike
1: yeah the the expo to me is great because as a as a vendor and so my wife runs a barbecue store ferg is the marketing director for for the barbecue stores uh and the chain that she works with you know you go to an expo like that and you get all these ideas you see all the new cool stuff coming out so it's great to be able to have somebody on the front lines that can kind of share that and out of the list of stuff that you were sending over one of the things that really jumped out at me was was there are now portable pizza ovens coming out there. And I wouldn't exactly say mobile per se, but portable is a safe word. Uh, You know, I had a really early Uni pizza oven before they changed the spelling of the name and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, it was a pellet-fired pizza oven, um, really thin brick bottom, little bit of a pain to work on uh, because keeping the fire right, again, keeping the fire right – is it was a little bit of an art in that thing. But oh, yeah. Yeah. seeing these new portable pizza ovens, uh, give me a little bit of insight into how easy they are to use, what kind of changes have been made to make them uh, neat for our listeners.
4: I mean, portable pizza ovens have really just kind of exploded in the last couple of years. And you're seeing some of the brands that were known for really, really large backyard pizza ovens that weighed, you know, 400, 600 pounds. Coming into the portable market, like Alpha had their new Moderno pizza oven. It weighs 77 pounds, but it still makes, you know, 16 inch pizzas. And it was fantastic, 14 to 16 inch pizzas. But they have a carrying case where two guys can grab it, take it out to the beach, take it out to the campsite, and you have a professional grade pizza oven that's now portable. It's the first time I've seen that. And it's, and,
1: and, it's a, you'll get a full thousand degrees out of that thing, right? I mean, it's a,
4: it's a legitimate alpha oven oh yeah it's it's a propane gas or natural gas but it's a 1000 degree pizza oven that you can throw in the back of the truck and take with you which i haven't seen that, anything like that from of this quality before
1: the the other one that was interesting to me was the halo the
4: new halo oven tell me a little bit about that Yeah, Halo had this new oven called the Versa 16 that came out last year, and a fascinating oven in the fact that it has uh, has a rotating stone inside. So it's a 16-inch stone, so that brick's going to rotate your pizza, so you don't even have to use the turning peel to turn your pizza in the oven. But the thing that I liked even more than that is it had dual burners. So you're talking about propane, but there's a burner in the back to be able to arc that fire over the top. To give you that what what you would know in a pizza oven of that fire over the top, but there's also a burner underneath the stone. So as it's rotating, it's keeping that stone so hot that you don't have to have a delay between launching pizzas inside.
2: This thing is awesome. I've cooked on this. Uh, we've done demos on this at our store, Proud Souls. The, this this pizza oven's legit. It's it's awesome, and you can rock up pizza in about a minute. Man, I I think it's incredible. Yeah,
1: and and that thing only weighs 43 pounds. So One person can carry it
2: easily. We've done it. And it has a stand that you can get to that folds up and comes back up and you can pop on it. It's pretty awesome.
1: So, you know, that to me, that's like, uh, that becomes what I'd call mobile, not just portable at that point. If you can just toss it in the, in the back of the truck and, and take it with you. And what is super interesting to me about these pizza ovens is I have a whole nother idea for use of those things, which is around tailgating, right? You can throw your casseroles in there. You can throw your steaks in there. Uh, You can do all kinds of dishes and get a phenomenal finish in that pizza oven with that broiler type, almost salamander cook on things. And it would take your tailgates to a whole nother level.
4: Oh, yeah. I've, I've got a buddy of mine who takes his portable pizza oven to all of the NFL games. And he's out every single weekend, popping out 30, 40 pizzas. Loves it.
1: Yeah, that is awesome. Well, we are talking with David Gafford. Go check out his website www.thebarbecuelab.com and subscribe and stay up to date on all of the new products, techniques, and recipes that they are sharing. Coming up next, we are back with David, and we're going to dig into a few more cool new innovations coming up out of 2023 from the HPBA, from meat resting blankets to charcoal kits. Follow all the smoke and fire on Instagram with this handle at Barbecue Labs, or follow him on Facebook at Facebook slash Barbecue Lab. Coming up, we are going to be talking resting blankets and charcoal kits for your gas grill right here on Barbecue Radio Network.
0: Barbecue Radio Network is heard on radio stations from Hawaii to Florida. If you have a business centered around barbecue or the backyard lifestyle, please consider advertising with us. Contact us through our Facebook page or website at BBQRadioNetwork.com. Welcome
1: back to Barbecue Radio Network with my co-host Pitmaster Richard Fergola and our executive producer T-Bone and I of course am your host Andy Groneman and we are back talking with David Gafford, owner of the Barbecue Lab. Make sure you check them out at www.thebarbecuelab.com You'll find lots of new product reviews, techniques and recipes all at your fingertips and if you subscribe to their content you'll never miss a new video. And by the way they have over 175 videos on their youtube channel including product comparisons and reviews must have techniques so again we were talking about all of the cool stuff coming out of hpba and drippy z is a company that has had some really cool uh barbecue innovations over the last few years probably the the biggest thing that i've liked that they'd come up with was this uh it's like a foldable tub that has a cutting board for a lid so you can trim on it pop the tub open season inject and do all of that right in the tub it it, the lid drops on it and you can put it away you've gotten one dish dirty and and then when you're done with it it folds flat they they brought that out a probably two years ago at this point and it was an amazing product but they've been coming up with some new stuff i know they came out with a bigger one of those what else did you see out at the show
4: I mean I they had a really a really very full booth, but I really like their meat resting blanket that they launched the show it's It's imagining this idea of we usually rest our meat in a cooler or in an oven when we're done with a brisket or a butt, but he basically took the idea of what you're doing with a pizza delivery and you're bringing that soft sided bag to the home, putting a zipper on it, and making it so you have a meat resting blanket just shove your meat inside and forget about it
1: so you can. Essentially, bring your brisket in, put it in the bag, and just rest it on the counter, you know, still wrapped in its foil or whatever for the next hour or two, and it's just going to gently, re- you know, re-release all of those juices and distribute those and, and come down to temp.
4: Absolutely. The thing, I was asking how long it could go in there, and he was saying even eight to ten hours. Really? Eight yeah. to ten. So that's that's,
1: that's a game changer for a lot of people because you know when I'm out traveling and I know Ferg you know is out competing every weekend. We have you know full size Cambros uh, and camtainers that are designed to hold those products for hours. Commercially, you know they're usually used for catering and that type of a thing. Um, having something like this that you can use at home uh, that that's a big deal.
4: Oh yeah, and and the price being like twenty nine dollars in comparison to the price of the Cambros or those roto, roto molded coolers, it's a game changer.
2: Yeah, that sounds pretty I mean, I'm just thinking spatially, that's uh you know, a cambro, the space it takes and me carrying that around. Um, you know, if I if I have this, if I'm cooking one or two brisket can it just hold one brisket or
4: I think it depends on how you put it in there, but like okay. the one I saw had one brisket inside.
2: Okay. Yeah. But an eight-hour whole time. It was, it was time. a full
4: brisket. Yeah, an eight-hour I mean, whole just time. A flat. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing.
2: Yeah.
1: So, you know, if if you've got something like that, um, you take that. You've got the the prep tubs. I, I'm just I like to see what they keep bringing out. They've uh, they kind of stormed onto the scene. I'd never heard of that company before. Uh, I saw those tubs, and so. It was, was there anything else that jumped out at you? The resting blanket is awesome, but was there anything else that jumped out at you as something that was different or the, a take that they had different?
4: One of the one of the things that they had out were some different types of grill tongs that I was really enjoying, and I got to play with them a little bit. And they just they fit well in my hand; they felt good. And is there anything you know groundbreaking about them? Maybe not, but. There's something about a good pair of grill tongs that when you click them together and make sure they work, it kind of makes you smile. I got that. (laughs) That's true. I I do have my own
1: favorite sets uh, that that I don't let anybody touch because the spring is right. I was just
2: going to ask you, do you use tongs?
1: Well, sometimes. I usually use my hands. I was going to say, these these are my my tongs right here. These tongs right here aren't the best, too. We're doing doing like hand signs back and (laughs) forth here. So... The other cool, there was another uh, super cool thing that I wanted to talk about, and that was Napoleon bringing out a charcoal conversion kit for their gas grills. So to me, uh, and, and I'm a fan of Napoleon gas grills, um, used them before, the RSIB models are great. Um, but adding that charcoal conversion kit is just super exciting because you can get the best of both worlds. Uh, tell me what you saw with that there and kind of what all that's going to entail.
4: I mean, really what it is, it's a cast iron grate that goes above your burners, but below your, your grill grates that you can put charcoal on. It also has a, a corner that's kind of earmarked for uh, wood wood shavings or wood chips to be able to add smoke to the whole fire, an idea. But it's just the idea that you can have a high-end or a mid-level gas grill and then be able to use it for charcoal as well. I mean, for those who have small patios or you're working on an apartment, you know, you know, uh, small area, you have the ability to have both gas and charcoal in the same unit, and that's a fantastic addition.
2: Yeah, I, I can't agree with you more. It's uh, we at our stores in Proud Souls, we carry the Napoleon products, and uh, I'll tell you just as an example, like the Napoleon Six Six Five. If you look at this grill, we've got it on display in our store with the with this charcoal. A conversion kit in it. And the cool thing is that grill also has that little slide in and out piece where you can put wood chips into. So like this gas grill, you can have this Napoleon charcoal conversion kit where you're running charcoal and, and wood chips there and wood chips. So you can have all this smoke rolling through your gas grill with this with this simple cast iron piece. And it just, it's like a game changer for a gas grill, man. It just, it allows you to, 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 to offer all the different facets of cooking all on one pit.
1: And full disclosure, I have not cooked on one yet to see what kind of temps I get out of that charcoal basket, but for me it also looks like it would lean to allowing me to have an indirect cook.
2: Oh, 100% you can. Like especially on the 665 that I yes. it's, it's big enough that you could have that that charcoal basket over here on the so, this on this left side with those burners on and do like a a butt cook over here on the other side and cook it indirectly. Yeah, you most certainly could.
1: Yeah, so that's to me is what's interesting cuz all of a sudden you've got a gas grill that was essentially a, a single purpose type cooking device that now you can do everything with and and we've done some gas cooking uh where we show people how to cook indirect on their gas grill and and that's all well and good but being able to zone that out and have the charcoal cook indirect do the wood chips that's really cool and i you know i think that's something that that folks should really look
2: at well Um, well i i gotta jump back in here what's cool is i remember back in the day when i started barbecue and i would take foil and make foil packets oh yeah yeah absolutely chips in and you'd put them (laughs) down on top of your burner and that was before they made any of these products you know what i mean like smoke tubes and all that stuff and now you've got a whole basket a whole you know, almost griddle thing that you can put in there and put charcoal on your gas grill. It's amazing.
1: Yep. Well, speaking of griddles, so Traeger launched their Flat Rock just a few weeks ago as well, and it was there. And I want to talk a little bit about the Flat Rock. We've got about two minutes. So give me your your take on that, because I know you've been cooking on it, David. And give us your take on the Flat Rock and your favorite recipe.
4: Yeah, we've been cooking on the Flat Rock for probably about five or six weeks now. And one of my favorite things is that the griddle is recessed from around the actual uh, grill itself so that wind doesn't blow in and mess with my fire. And so I've, I've cooked on a ton of different griddles and I've always find that the wind comes in and it's monkeying with my ability to get high searing heat on the flat rock. I haven't had that. And that was one of the things I really liked about it. The other thing was that there's three distinct heat zones. There's a separator wall between each of the three burners that you can have low on one side, high in the middle, medium on the other side, you know, really kind of giving you zones in there. And those were two things that I was really crazy impressed with uh, looking at that unit. In addition to the thing that they've added, which I've, I've never seen before, is a propane tank weight sensor, which just tells you when you're lo- running low on propane. I don't know about you guys, but I'm notorious for starting a cook and not being able to finish it because of fuel.
1: Oh, yeah. not having Not having the right read on your tank, which unless you've got a gauge on your tank, most people don't. That's uh, that's a game changer right there. You don't want to get halfway through your cook and then run out of fuel and and not have a tank ready to go.
4: Yeah. And then you asked for my favorite recipe. I'll just tell you the recipe we cooked for dinner tonight. And And that was ribeye fajitas. 30
1: seconds, so go fast.
4: (laughs) Oh, man. It was ribeye fajitas, and it was fantastic. Ooh, ribeye fajitas. Oh, I'm telling you, it was delicious now
1: that sounds like a recipe i can get behind well thank you so much david head on over to thebarbecuelab.com and check out all the reviews tips tricks and recipes don't forget to subscribe when you're there so you can stay up to date and never miss a video thank you again david for coming and next up it is competition quarter with fergie right here on barbecue radio network
0: If you have a business centered around barbecue or the backyard lifestyle, consider advertising with us. Contact us at bbqradionetwork.com.
3: If you're sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a cloth face covering to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you're worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov.
1: Welcome back to Fergie and Andy here on Barbecue Radio Network. You know, it was great having David on and getting some of that product knowledge because there are so many cool new things coming out. Um, For me... That Traeger Flat Rock is really interesting because David hit on a couple of points that, that really jump out to me, and I want to like reiterate that, and that is, number one, the way that the grill is set up, it's recessed so you don't lose your fire. I've got a a, a um, Razor, which is Blue Rhino's griddle, and it's really similar to a Blackstone, um, but you get a windy day, and your burners can blow out. Um, it that that's a huge thing right there. And the other thing that's cool is they are zoned burners. So you can actually have three separate zones running. Mine has a bigger burner on the right, a power burner that lets you get a little bit hotter there. But once everything is hot, you can't zone out uh, the pit into three different areas on the griddle. It kind of all evens out. And to be able to run three different zones That would really make a big difference if you're trying to slay tacos for a big group of people, and you want a super hot sear steak over here, and kind of gently brown and saute your onions and stuff over on the other side. To me, those are kind of uh, important items. But uh, you know, it's it's cool to see stuff like that, and then I can't wait to play with that charcoal uh, kit for the Napoleon. I mean, what do you think, Fergie? What was your
2: biggest uh, well, I really like tacos. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, but that, yes, that charcoal conversion thing for the Napoleon is legit. I mean, it's really a cool deal. I don't, I don't own a gas grill, um, but I'm thinking about owning one. Uh, I, I just think that it's, uh, to have a, a grill like that, the Napoleon, where I can do all that different stuff, I mean, uh, it's so cool, man. I mean, just these guys keep coming up with, I, 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 what I'm more upset about is that I didn't come up with it. No, like, that's why did one of us come up with that idea? Yeah, that
1: that is true. But you know what's the coolest thing about that six sixty five Napoleon is it throws Napoleon down on the ground oh, at your
2: feet. Yeah, the light thing. It's yeah, so cool. it's got
1: like uh, what do they? It's called? like a sensor. Like,
2: so like if you don't, if you if if you don't, when you walk by it, like pops it back on again, and and the lights change and everything. It's yeah, you get pathway lighting. Yeah. I think
1: I think on cars they called that uh, sentinel lighting. It gave you the light as you either appeared or walked away.
2: I think I've learned like four new words tonight already. (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm 1% smarter tonight than I was before I came here.
1: And with that, vote tacos, everybody. That's what he's really saying. (laughs) Vote vote tacos. Tacos for life, man. Tacos for life. So it is now time for our All Things Barbecue Product Spotlight Check out www.atbbq.com. All Things Barbecue has all the tools and accessories you need to take your barbecue to the next level. Get fired up and get everything you need to do it at All Things Barbecue, www.atbbq.com. And let me tell you that I'm rolling you know, back to my normal uh, stride here where I can say we're pulling the product right out of what we were just talking about. And all things uh, has the Napoleons, and they have that Napoleon Grills cast iron charcoal and smoker tray that drops right into the pit. Uh, you can go to the website, and if you search under the Napoleon accessories, you can grab that cast iron charcoal tray. It is on sale right now for fifty six ninety nine. Grab that and throw that into uh, your cart, and bring it home and play with it because I think that's going to be a game changer. Uh, for doing a lot of different things on the gas grill. So go ahead and check that out at their website, atbbq.com, and, and let us know what you think about that. Throw us some info out on, uh, on the Facebook page if you use that, because I want to hear some feedback on the charcoal tray. So we're going to head on over to Competition Corner, and we're talking, you know, off air, and one of the important things in comp barbecue is really being able to cook as a team or as an individual cook and understanding the right times to do those things and how that works. Uh, as you know, Fergie loves to talk about the psychology of competition barbecue. So I think this is like a perfect tee up for that. So Ferg, give us some insight into cooking as a team versus as a, just an individual pit master.
2: Yeah, I think it's a <clears throat> I think it's a great topic and and obviously it's a question I get asked a lot in my competition classes um because most people that come and take my competition classes or other people's I just know mine but um most of them are are multiple person t- teams if you will and uh I always like to bring that up in conversation because um I cook solo a lot. I used to cook as a team. Um, and I think there's big differences there, and I think the one thing that I always bring up, uh, I, I actually ask this question when I have a full sold out class. I ask everybody how many people in here have uh, multiple people on their on their teams, and of course, almost I, all the hands go up. And the fr- then the next question I follow that up with is, is who is the leader? And then next thing you know, it's weird. Like, like one person will raise their hand and they look they get, at each you other get like the half hand, yeah, you up, get like a right? half hand up, and you're like. Uh, and i'm like well, well why was that question harder than the first one and i i think the reason why is because a lot of barbecue teams whether it's 2 3 or 4 people they all seem to think that okay I, this is my role this is this person's role this is this person's role so there's really nobody in charge we all have our own parts that we lead and when and and it's perfect it's perfect timing when they answer with that question and i'm like listen somebody's got to be the leader right And and somebody's got to be the one that organizes everything. And everybody's got different personalities and organizational skills and all these different things. And the reason why I'm I'm passionate about this topic is because if you, let's say you do have a team of, of four members, that means you've got four different ways of thinking, four different ways of wanting to do things. And sometimes that just does not work, which can then mess with your chemistry of your team and your flow and your efficiency and all the things that you need to get done And then when you get to the results, there's finger pointing going on. Well, he didn't get the, you know, he slept over an hour or, or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Take your, take your pick. The other thing that gets interesting in those
1: discussions and usually at a class, you'll see this. Somebody has the pit or the pit. Somebody has the trailer. So like not everybody is bringing the same stuff to the table. And so sometimes you get people that maybe should be the leader. Because they, maybe they're the most organized, but because they're not bringing the cooker or they're not bringing X, they feel like they shouldn't lead. And so you've got the person that maybe brings the pit who doesn't know how to cook on it very well. And I've seen that too, where it's like, let this person run the show and uh, you'll be in a better spot.
2: Right. Well, and, and that's where the problems create right there. So now you've got tension, you've got finger pointing, you've got all these things um, versus a solo team. Cause I get asked all the time, what, Ferg, you're cooking solo? Yeah. Yeah. I'm cooking solo. I mean, my wife goes with me, my mom goes with me and they, they know, they all know their role. And I know that while most people that sounds bad, but the, the cool thing about that is when that person knows what their role is, that allows me as the leader, or whoever it may be as the pit master to do what they do best. Right. And that's run the cook. And when you, when you have that one person in control of all of those items, it's it's uh it it's a lot less likely for things to go wrong or things to be forgotten or th- you know whatever it may be. Um, yeah, and and you know, I, so and I I typically I wouldn't say I cook solo. Kim and
1: I cook, and what I always like to say is I'm the framer, she's the finisher. I like that, right? Yeah. So like, and that's how we work around each other, and we have a flow in the trailer. But I definitely don't want to do it without her. Like my cook is off if I'm having to manage some of the little detail things that she usually manages, like I'm great at getting the trailer there. I'm great at getting the pits level and like cleaned out and plugged in. I am not great at getting the right spices into the cabinets where I expect them to be. Yeah. So then when I get there and the tub isn't set up, right? Like my finisher does like, she puts everything in the right spot so that when I walk in, it is it's Zen right time. It's yeah. Zen time. Yeah.
2: And and that's what Marcy does too. And my mom, I mean, they have things ready for me when I need them. It's like, you know, scalpel, you know, and, and boom, <laughs> yeah. it's right there doctor, ready doctor, for doctor, me, doctor. you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I'm cooking solo, like I have the last couple of weeks, it's, uh, you know, that does, it, makes, it creates more work for me. But I guess that, that that whole psychology of cooking by yourself versus having two or three or four or five, you know, some teams have up to eight people. You know what I mean? And you have to manage all that when you're trying to actually win a contest and you're managing a whole group of people. Um, and so I just think it's a very interesting topic if for people that are getting into competition barbecue. If you're thinking about doing that, oh, we've got a bunch of friends and we want to get together and make a team. Just think about all of those different things you want to consider when you're doing that and how you're going to how you're going to frame that, how that's going to look. When you actually show up, because when you actually and, show up boots on the ground, it's a totally different story.
1: And the key is have a leader, have a role. And, and that is the right way to do that. Well, we want to thank David Gafford again for joining us today. Check him out and subscribe to his content at thebarbecuelab.com. And don't forget to head on over to atbbq.com. Pick up some of our sauce of the month, Plowboys Hothead Barbecue Sauce. We'd like to thank you all for joining us for T-Bone, Fergie, and myself Thanks for listening, and we will keep the pits lit until next time here on Barbecue Radio Network.
0: Every Barbecue Radio Network show is archived and available through your favorite podcast platform each and every Thursday.